What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So we have a lot to cover. It was quite an exciting Saturday around the league. Some pretty interesting things. I think the number one headline that's or, or the clip that's floating around social media right now was the brawl in Cleveland. There was a brawl, an actual fight at a baseball game between two players. We haven't seen that in a long time. Oftentimes we see benches clear and players getting a scuffle, but punches were actually thrown. Gloves were dropped and they squared up. This was Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez. So Tim Anderson is playing second base. Jose Ramirez hits a double. The throw comes in. Anderson applies a tag. Of course, Ramirez is safe, but I guess Ramirez doesn't like how Anderson is standing over him for an extended period of time. They exchange words and then Anderson drops his glove and puts his hands up like he's in the ring and then benches clear. They start throwing punches and um, basically, uh, Anderson essentially got knocked out. He didn't really land any good punches on Jose, but Jose landed a good one on TA and put him on the floor. And bench is cleared, of course, when you see punches thrown like that. This was an AL central, an AL central brawl. You have White Sox and Guardians. So, yeah, I mean, this is something we have not seen in a while, but at the end of the day, Chicago got a 7-4 victory. It had been a bit of a, I, I don't know, like these two teams had some tensions last weekend when Terry Francona got ejected. But besides that, there weren't many signs that tensions were going to be flaring until, you know, until Friday. So last weekend they had that, but coming into the series, we didn't think there was going to be any beef. But on Friday, um, Tim Anderson tagged Brian Rocchio at a play at second base, which actually, after a failed challenge play, resulted in Terry Francona being ejected for the Guardians. That in, in, it ignited some life into Cleveland. And then, so I guess maybe some of the Guardians players were just kind of upset about what happened on Friday with uh, you know, their guy getting called out at second base. So a similar play on Saturday where Jose Ramirez is actually safe at second base. Maybe he's not happy that T.A. was holding tag for too long or he was really just straddling him over the base he doesn't like that he's like okay um called me safe you can get off now so that's probably what it was and uh yeah he apparently took exception to that and also he took exception to how hard ta tagged him so they exchanged some words and then they and they started to square up bench is clearing so obviously you're going to see some, some suspensions because you can't just throw some punches like that without major league baseball getting involved and be like okay we're not going to condone that but we had an old-fashioned brawl for the first time in a long time. Long time. It is kind of funny that Elvis Andrews is the is the guy who was playing second base both times. Well, I guess he was playing shortstop in Texas in 2016 when Rugnet Odor and Jose Bautista threw punches. That was like the last time we saw something similar like this. And Elvis Andrews was there. He was right in the picture. Last night, Elvis Andrews was there right in the picture. He was playing second base. So he's like the guy who, who was on the field for both of those occasions. So, yeah, that, that's the story coming out of Cleveland. We'll go ahead and watch that clip if you haven't. A good old-fashioned brawl. It's uh, something we don't see too much. So let's head to Philadelphia. We've got a nice little story going on out there. So Trey Turner has been struggling this year. He's had a really rough year for the Phillies. Uh, you know, had a rough day in Miami a few nights ago where, you know, Rough night of the play. I think it was 0 for 5 and then an error at shortstop. 
So on Friday night when they returned home, the Philadelphia faithful, you know, try to try to motivate him, get him out of his season-long slump. They gave him a standing ovation before each of his four at-bats. And then on Saturday, he homered. So, uh, you know, he when, when the fans treat you with love and show you that kind of appreciation, you reward them with a home run. That's 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 a good relationship right there between Trey Turner and the Philadelphia faithful. They did this for Alec Bohm. I want to say like two years ago, and Boehm picked it up and started hitting a lot better the rest of the way. But that's got to feel good for Trey Turner. Hit a three-run homer, and uh, yeah, that's a go-ahead three-run homer in the sixth inning, and the Phillies end up getting a nine-to-six win against the Royals. So the hometown fans definitely showed him a lot of love, gave him a curtain call, then he followed it up with an RBI double. So Trey Turner, could he be breaking out of this season-long slump? It's been it's been a very rough season for Turner. Obviously, signed a big contract in the offseason, one of the big names. I think it was $300 million. But this season, he's got a 668 OPS on the year. And this is for someone who has an 822 career OPS. So something is wrong offensively with Trey Turner. It's hard to tell exactly what it is because that's you know the worst mark of his career of any season. He's never hit this poorly before. So, I mean, obviously, if you look at 2015, which was his first taste of the big leagues, he only played 27 games. That's the only season he's had worse numbers, but that was only 27 games. So far this year, he's played 109 games with the Phillies. He has a 668 OPS, so something definitely is wrong with Trey Turner right now. But hopefully he's breaking out of it after receiving some love from the Phillies faithful. They're showing that you know, this is someone that we believe in. This is someone we want to do well for us, that we have his back when things are going well. So that he'll hopefully... He can turn things around. And maybe he is. Maybe he's going to be turning things around. Let's head to Boston. Let's head to Boston where uh, the Red Sox lost lost the game. And this was a uh, head scratcher in many ways. Because for the Red Sox, you know, Saturday, it started with an uncomfortable benching of a key player. That was Alex Verdugo. There was really no explanation as to why he was benched. Uh, at least it wasn't disclosed by the manager. It was just the manager's decision. And it ended with what looked like a walk-off hit, which instead turned into a game-ending double play. It was Reese McGuire up to bat with runners on first and second, two outs, and down by one run. He hits a ball to with a green monster, and they think it's a home run. Everyone thinks it's a home run. So runner on second starts rounding third, and then it ends up being caught at the wall, and he's doubled up to end the game. So a very chaotic day. For a Boston team that fell four games behind Toronto in the wild card standings and back into the last place in the AL East. So, yeah, that's not a good look. So, source, let's, let's talk about the Verdugo thing. So, at 2.07 Eastern, just two hours and three minutes before the scheduled first pitch, Boston's account tweeted a lineup change. Adam Duvall was in. Alex Verdugo was out. So, two sources told MLB.com that Verdugo showed up roughly two hours before the game. So unless there's the late report time following a long road or a long road trip or something, players typically show up three hours before the game. In most cases, earlier than that. So it could be Verdugo was late. Um, both Cora and Verdugo declined to say why Verdugo was pulled from the lineup. But yeah, um, after the game, Cora was definitely angry. He said he didn't play today. He didn't play today. I decided not to play him. I think today we took a step back as a team. We have to make sure everybody's available every single day here for us to get to wherever we're going to. 
And that wasn't the case. And as a manager, I've got to take charge of this. And I decided he wasn't going to play. So Doogie was asked if he, if he arrived on time to Fenway on Saturday. He said yes. Um, of course, he's going to say that. He's not going to, he's not going to give more detail. But Red Sox are looking, looking rough right now. Of course, four games back in the wild. Let, let's not, exa- uh, over, uh, let's not exaggerate the issue, right? They're four games behind Toronto in the wild card standings. It is August 6th right now. Okay. This can change. This can change. We know that AL East has been up and down, at least the wild card part, part. Actually, the whole division has been up and down all year. Now Baltimore in first place, right? When the Rays had it for all the first half of the season. So we, we, we don't know. We don't know how this is going to end, but don't, let's not over exaggerate what the issue is. Let's head to New York where Nestor Cortez was on the bump. He's been missing in action for for a few months now due to injuries. It had been 67 days since he last touched an MLB mound. But he was back and helped the Astros get a 3-1 win. Sorry, helped the Yankees get a 3-1 win over the Astros, allowing just one hit and one run on a solo homer by Jose Altuve. So he made the most of his it was electric four innings. It was four innings, but you know, one run, one hit in four innings for Nasty Nestor. So... It was a brief outing, but it honestly may have been his most effective of 2023, at least in terms of stuff. He produced a season-high 17 swings and misses. That's the most he's had uh, since last year. So, Nestor Cortez is back, obviously looking really good. That's a good lineup he just shut down in Houston, and the Yankees are going to need him here in the stretch run. Let's head to Arlington, Corey Seager. This dude returned from the IL earlier this week, and... He has the Rangers rolling. They got their fifth straight win on Saturday. I mean, they're not a one-man show, but Corey Seager has definitely been—he's he, been a huge part of things in Texas this year. So another momentous home run on Saturday. With that, he helped the Rangers rally over the Marlins to a nine-eight victory, and I mean that—that that helped because they had a five-nothing deficit. They rallied back with seven runs combined in the fourth and fifth innings. So now the Rangers have won five games in a row including all four games Seager has played since he returned from a short IL stint. I mean, many hitters don't look like their true selves right when they come off the IL, but Seager has has been awesome. That first game he homered, you know, he had, he's got two multi-hit games, three homers in his four games since returning. So, yeah, some, some people are just natural hitters. Some people can hop out of bed and hit, and that's what we see with Corey Seager. This dude rakes. So... Yeah, I mean, the Rangers have a 614 win percentage with Corey Seager playing and a 537 win percentage when he doesn't play. So it's clear that this dude is a difference maker, no matter how you look at it. Justin Verlander made his first start back with the Astros. He was, sorry, I forgot to mention he was on the other side of this Nestor Cortez out here. I just wanted to mention that because Verlander did look good. He did look good, uh, you know, looking to rekindle some fire but um you know the astros are gonna are gonna rely on this guy on, on their horse but yes he's back he's back uh first start since returning to the astros and at the end of the day you know he goes deep into the game seven strong innings giving up two runs with four strikeouts the padres answered la with a seven run eighth inning an electric crowd in San Diego between this rivalry matchup 
for the uh, Padres and Dodgers. But that big eighth inning, 7-1 eighth, was what did it for them. And an 8-3 Padres victory was the final. Manny Machado had his hands all over this one. Go-ahead single, solo homer. You know, obviously when you score seven runs in an inning, everyone's going to everyone's gonna contribute, right? You just one of those games where you run into the back, bat rack and you're, you can't wait to get your turn at the dish again. Blake Snell had eight strikeouts. And the Padres beat LA here by a final score of 8-3. Sold out Petco Park. That place, that place gets rocking when it's sold out. Absolutely. So, yeah, those, those are the updates from Saturday. A lot of action going on around the league. It was a very good day of baseball. So things will continue today with a full slate. But that's our, uh, you know, middle of the weekend update. That's going to do it for today. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection. 